This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Free speech lives here. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT HD, WOGL HD3, Philadelphia, a radio.com station. Now, from the Malamut and Associates Law Studios, it's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your host for the next radio hour. The Mortgage Mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right, good morning. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, the Mortgage Mom, Deanne Kitsaris. How are you, Deanne? I am fabulous, Mark. How are you? I am very, very good, as more as uh, what's his name would say. And we're very excited here to talk to you every week on PHT 1210. If you want to ask us a question about commercial, residential, mortgages, give us a call. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Deanne? My number is 609-605-7153. And we're every week to keep you informed, answer your questions, and help in any way. Listen to this show and all of our past shows at goodnewsinrealestate.com and also at WPHT's website. So what's coming up today, Deanne? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. We also have our business tips with Asking Dr. A. Yes. We also have Mark's funny story. Got one for you. I'm sure you do. And we also have our mortgage mom topic. Which is what? What makes a smooth transaction? Uh, oil? Something <laughs> greasy? <sighs> All right. We also have our questions. Can a landlord prohibit smoking in their rental units? What about mar- medical marijuana? Marijuana. Exhibit A. <laughs> the next question. Can you finance a house and rent it out? Next question is, what happens to the note when a seller who has financed a house dies before the note matures? Good Next one. question is, who can I talk to about a property that has gone back to the bank but is not listed with a realtor yet? That's an interesting one. And Mark, today we have our guest. His name is Michael Fitzpatrick from the Fitzpatrick team at Keller Williams in the Northeast. And he's here to talk to us about the shore market. I know Michael. One of the best. And we also have our topic of the day, property taxes and appealing your assessment. Yes. But Mark, first, give us your motivational quote. And the motivational quote is, striving for success without hard work is trying to harvest where you haven't planted. So you got to plant the seed to get the marijuana. (laughs) (laughs) Tried to tie that in there a little, huh? Yeah, yeah. So where are we at? Mark, we are up to the market report. And there is the bell. Frank's got a hell of a bell. So, last week we mentioned that we actually got a little bit more inventory in Philly. We're up to 
4,000 houses from 3,000. And but since this COVID started back in March, there have been nearly 400. This is nationwide. Fewer homes listed than the same time this period last year. Are you knocking that on doors? Uh, well, I'm not. Okay. But the agent should be. Okay. And they should have at least called our database, which they don't do. But I preached to them. But it was in one ear out the other. They'd rather send that great eagle schedule that doesn't mean anything this year. That has created a large deficit in the housing supply at this time, where consumers are rushing to buy. Home prices are increasing at double the pace of last year. Homes are selling 12 days faster than in 2019, according to Realtor.com. Sellers are more reluctant to list their home, given the uncertainty over the economy, the pandemic. I, You know what? It's going to pick up quick, and it already is. Buyers, on the other hand, especially hungry first-time buyers, remain largely unfazed to buy all these challenges, and they want to take advantage of these low rates and missing out on the right home. I hope Mr. Devlin's listening again. <laughs> For her, her, the, the majority one and only of this, fabulous accountant. That's right. The best accounting in the world, the accountant in the world down in Summers Point. Hopefully he's listening, not on the golf course. I know he's not because he hurt his shoulder. Anyway, <laughs> so even as the new listings hit the market, another buyer also added, adding to the inventory thousands of previously vacant homes, such as second home rentals that have been pre reoccupied by their owners during the pandemic, effectively taking them off the market. For the week ending of September 19th, the number of homes on the market was down 39% compared to a year prior. Median prices are roaring ahead at record pace, increasing at 11.1% over the year, more than double January's 2020 price appreciation rate. So prices are going up, inventory is down, it's a seller's market, mortgage demand continues to climb as buyers are frenzying the beyond the traditional seasonal patterns we're going to be busy you're not getting a break miss cassaris there's no christmas for you thank you're you you're going to be working right on through <laughs> till 2021 no breaks bring it on let's do it no no break for you no break for me home sales are the strongest on the high end of the market where where you know the million dollar stuff there's some inventory there but Home prices over 250000 are seeing a growth a little more than a year ago. So all bottom line is real estate's booming. The media never talks about it except for our show here every Sunday on 1210. If we could get everybody in the city to listen and these damn realtors to call their databases, we would have a lot more listings and a lot more activity. <laughs> what do you think about that? I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome. <laughs> so tell us about the rates. Speaking of awesome, 30-year fixed rate on a conventional, 2.625. Your 30-year FHA is 2.75. You have Damn. your 20-year fixed rate at 2.625, and your 15-year rate is 2.375. You know what that wow. means, Mark? That means if Mr. Devlin would straighten me oh out, I could God. be at two point. What was that last one? All right. Well, that we're going to bump it up for you, but it's time to refi. And real it quick, is. before we go out, I have one of my favorite clients, Nick. It's his birthday weekend, and I just want to wish him a happy birthday. Sold this house in New Jersey, moved to Florida, is living the dream, him and his family. And I just wanted to wish him a real happy birthday. He's a listener in Florida. Very good. Very good. I want to give a shout out to my uh, music guys at RGB uh, Audio. 
They fix all my guitars. They're great guys. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210. All positive all the time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more after the break and this message from Debt-Free Living. Learn more at wehatedebt.com. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate. Here on Talk Radio, WPHT, all positive, all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we're up to your funny story. I got one for you. So this grandfather, right, he moves into his new home, and his grandson comes over to visit him. He greets his grandfather. He asks him how he's doing. The grandfather says, great. Asked the son if he wanted some pasta he just made. So the grandson says, yes. So grandfather go gets a plate out of the drain. He says, get a plate out of the great drain board. Kate grabs a plate and a fork and a cup and something to eat. He walks towards the table. He looks at the cup. He says, grandfather, this cup's doesn't look too clean grandfather says it's as clean as cold water could get it and grandson says all right so he looks at the plate he says grandfather is this plate clean he goes i'm telling you it's as clean as cold water could get it he's ready to eat some pasta he looks at the fork he says grandfather this fork doesn't look that clean he goes it's clean it's clean as cold water can get it so the kid starts eating all of a sudden the grandfather starts calling his brand new dog here cold water here cold water oh my god <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of your old one about the peanuts. You have to tell that one one week. Remember the lady with the bowl of peanuts? Yeah, I forget that one, but that was a good one, Mark. If you have a funny <laughs> story you'd like to hear on our show, send it to 8029 at Comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501. And now it is time for the Mortgage Mom segment with the Mortgage Mom, Deanne Katzaris. And her topic today is what makes a smooth transaction. Wow. That was a smooth intro. That was a very smooth intro. It's about time. What is it, 11 years? And I think that was probably yeah, the best one yet. I, you know, I'm not Good bad job, average Mark. Deck. I think I'm in the 80 percent. You're always in the 80 percent. The idea is to get out of the 20 no, into I'm the 20 percent. I'm never in the 80 I know. I'm just teasing. But Mark, I want to bring, because I do a lot of transactions with you. I do a lot of transactions with Mike Fitzpatrick from the Fitzpatrick team. So I want to, us to do this segment together. I know it's only a couple minutes, but I want, to, I want to highlight on things because now that we are as busy as we are, the transactions are just, I mean, they're just coming through the door. Everybody's busy. Everybody's plate's full. And we just really got to take a step back and make sure that we're dotting our I's, we're crossing our T's. You know, there's a lot of wire fraud going on, number one. But what I want to talk about is if you're in the market or when you get in the market, in order right. to get a smooth or have a smooth transaction, the first thing that we keep stressing upon is to get pre-approved. And that means before you go looking for a house. So you want to right. make sure that your lender, Deanne Kitsaris at Green Tree Mortgage Company LP, has <laughs> all of your documents, has run your credit, has verified your employment, whether you have bonuses, commission, overtime. All of that needs to be done right. before you go looking for a house. Step number two is going to be that me as the lender and I am going to communicate with you and also the realtor, right. letting them know exactly what you are pre-approved for. 
Under what conditions? Is it FHA? Is it conventional? Mike, and I guess the whole point of what I'm trying to get to is communication. Because if you're not having communication with all the parties involved, if I pre-approve one of your buyers, you start taking them shopping and you and I never have a conversation, but your buyer says, I'm approved for 325000 you don't really know what the particulars are, what the down payment is, what the interest rate is. And that's one of the things that I think is starting to slip away right now is just all the communications with all the parties because of how busy it is. Probably. I agree with that. Uh, and it's because uh, people are getting overwhelmed with this, with COVID and everybody's pipeline blowing up right now. The, the market's going crazy. So people are taking things for granted and agents need to follow to the basics. If you don't have an assistant, then you are the assistant. So you have to do everything. Not only are you following up with your buyer, you're following up with the other agent. you got to follow up with the mortgage company. you got to have communication. If not, you're going to have chaos. Exactly. Yeah, and, you are, and you also got that government piece in there trying to get UNOs and liens cleared and all that. Right. You know? Yeah, right. So on title companies, there a lot of agents are complaining about that they're not being able to do searches or they're, they're, they're getting the sellers to do work for them. They're trying to clear your settlement. They're trying to, because the state is holding them back from some searches. It's delaying them. So they're just trying to get you to your faster settlement date. Uh, so, it, and again, it goes back to communication. Yeah. And you know, don't ask why. Do Ask what can I do to help. Exactly. That's right. And the, and the next step that's important is, especially in today's market, somebody that's selling a house is buying a house. That person is selling a house and buying. So it's a domino effect. So if we don't yeah. close, if my buyer doesn't close, then that means her seller doesn't close and the buyer from her buyer isn't closing. So we, you got to make sure that everything is just staying in tune. The other yep. important piece to this, if you're getting a gift, any kind of grants, everybody on board has to know. So don't think that you're annoying the realtor or you're annoying the lender because you don't want to tell them too much information. Okay. There's a lot of information that's needed and especially if there's a job change, a job change, even if you're having a mood swing, let us know. <laughs> I'm blaming it all on you anyway. You. <laughs> well, this is why it's important to use the right loan officer, because if you use someone who's nationally, you know, out there and they got like a thousand or a hundred thousand clients, uh, they close at five o'clock. And if That's you need right. to talk to somebody after seven o'clock or somebody on the weekends that, and you're settling on Monday or Tuesday of that, we, you need to talk to somebody ASAP. And that's why it's so important with the communication and interviewing the right lender. Yeah. Even if you got a, if you got a mortgage lender that's in California and you want to settle at nine o'clock in the morning, they're still in bed. There's no reason that and should be happening. There's a problem. Yeah, you're in trouble. There's no reason yep. that should be happening. I had a settlement in Ocean City this week, and the title, the, they sent out the settlement notice, and the place yes. where I was settling, where I was driving an hour to get to, the title company put the wrong address on the settlement notice where it was taking uh -oh. place. <laughs> I'm sitting in front of somebody's house right now thinking, what am I doing? All right. Anyway, so... <laughs> It's real important. If you want a smooth transaction, give me a call. Deanne Katsaris, Mortgage Mom, 609-605-7153. That was a good segment. Thank so, you. So uh, we're at the questions. What's the first question? All right. So your first question is, can a landlord prohibit smoking in their rental units? And if so, what about medical marijuana? 
Well, it's, it all depends. If it's in the lease, like uh, if you're in a big apartment building and there's no smoking in the units, uh, you know, even if it's medical marijuana, you may have to go outside. I mean, if it's, or it's an HOA or whatever the scenario is, but if the landlord wants their place to be not smell of cigarettes from a tenant and they put in the lease, no smoking in the building, and then as you're leaving and you want your money back, they might want you to have that whole place, all the curtains, everything cleaned, and put that bill on you. Medical marijuana, I don't think it's going to be any different. First, just get a vape. Solves that problem. <laughs> all right. All right. We don't need <laughs> all your expertise on that. Next question. <laughs> What's next one? Can you finance a house and rent it out? Sure. Yeah. That's called an yeah. investment property. And on Correct. a single family home, it's going to require that you put a minimum of 15% down. If you're looking to do a duplex or a triplex, it's going to require that we put 25% down. Yeah, then, but how about that lady I gave you the other day? She wants to try to get a a uh, two to three or maybe four unit building and live in it. So she's only going to have to do three and a half percent down or three percent down. Uh, she's the perfect example. She don't have to put twenty or twenty five percent down. Right, so. right. We can get into yeah. You can get into the duplex with an FHA loan, three and a half percent down. Use seventy five percent of the rental income. It's a win win situation. And live for free. What's the next one? <laughs> All right. What happens to the note when a seller who has financed a house dies before the note matures? Yeah. Well, this is why it's important to have a will. And have all this worked out in advance for your preparation of your uh, passing, because but this this bill is going to be against the estate, so somebody's going to have to handle this. This is why you want to have life insurance, because if you die without life insurance, and you have notes like this, they're due. Right. So unless you have life insurance, we tell everybody join Legal Shield. First thing they give you is a will. I'm having mine adjust it right now because of the business for my granddaughter. Uh, but it's like, you want to make sure, and I have life insurance. Wait, you're and, redoing your will? Yeah. Okay, make sure that you spell my name correctly. D-E-A. Yeah, yeah. I, I figured. <laughs> I, I knew there was a catch to that one. But anyway, anyway, no, but it's important to have a will. And also, life insurance, because that would cover that note. Right. But that your family's going to be stuck with that. So you got to be careful. You gotta, or you could put it you know, up on the market wants, and sell it. Nobody wants to make plans about dying, but it's going to happen. You know, it's taxes and debts. It's right. So why not? Why not have it done? My mom, uh, she passed away when she was ninety-three, and my she lived another twenty-five years after my father. And she had her grave. And every time a, f a relative died, we used to go and we used to stand and look at my mom's grave. <laughs> And it had a start date, no end date. And she used to say, I can't believe I'm still here. <laughs> and she was here another round for another 30 years. But they paid everything in advance. What's the last one? The last question is, what happens to the earnest money when a seller refuses to make repairs to the property? Yeah, well, this is, not a, this is a complicated question. Because everybody thinks the money's going to go right back. And if the seller refuses to make repairs and then in the contracts in Jersey and Pennsylvania, most of the time you're agreeing to mediation. So then you're going to mediate and you got to set up a mediator. That's going to take time. Everybody has to agree who the mediator is. When we're going to mediate, everybody gets a couple of postponements. 
So it's not what's going to happen. You know, it's not going to happen. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm answering this question wrong. We're talking about a property that's going back to the bank, but it's not listed to the property. Is that what you're asking me? No, we're I talking answer- about what happens to the earnest money when the seller refuses oh, to make repairs oh, to the property. Oh, I was answering the right question. All right. So I, I was looking at the wrong question here. So you got to go through a negotiation. You got to figure out how to solve that problem. You know, if they don't want to do the repairs, the money, ha- some both parties have to sign a release to get that money back. It's not as simple as what people think. I want my money back. I'm not giving you your money. It doesn't work like that. You have to. It has to be in writing, and both sides have to agree. Or you go to mediation, and then after mediation, which could take six to eight months, cost both sides fourteen to fifteen hundred dollars. If you're not happy with that decision, then you can go to a judge and spend more money, and then get your final your three grand back. <laughs> Alrighty then. I think did I just, answer that question or did I not? I don't just even know re- if I answered that question. Let's just get the repairs done and move on. How's that? That's right. That'd be good. All right. <laughs> what is coming up next, Mortgage Mom? I'd be so happy to tell you, Mr. Cumberland. Coming up next is our guest segment with Michael Fitzpatrick from the Fitzpatrick team to talk about the shore market. Very good. So with that, you're listening to Good News and Real Estate here on 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. We will be right back. Good job, Ralphie. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. All right, welcome back to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. So where are we at the end? Mark, we are up to our guest segment, and I am so excited and honored today to have the one and only Michael Fitzpatrick, Michael (laughs) Fitzpatrick from the Fitzpatrick team, here from Keller Williams in the Northeast to talk about the shore market and give us his expertise. He is one of the best of the best, next to you, of course, Mark. I know Michael for a long time. We worked together. I was actually his CEO for a while. <laughs> Team leader. Yes, so Welcome. how are you, man? I haven't seen you for a while. I'm doing good. I'm doing very good. Yeah, I'm curious on your thoughts because you do a lot at the shore. Tell us about the we had as somebody asked Deanne last week and I told him that I would do a shore report, but after she told me you were coming on, I figured we'll get your insights because you're down there more than me. Uh what's happening at the shore? What kind of inventory no. issues are they have? So we have two kinds of markets. We call it the uh, the shore market, like on the island of like you know shore properties, anything from the efficiency condo motels to right. your houses, and then we also have the mainline market. And past the, oh, the normal down there that once August and October hits, our inventory starts to go down, sales start to go down a little bit. But the past two to three years, we haven't been seeing that. We've been seeing a really strong market. We've been seeing good financing down there. Um, we've been seeing sellers fix up their houses, get them modernized. We've been seeing a lot of new construction. Very, very healthy market. We're seeing um, just strong buyers coming down, knowing what they want. And the sellers, they're not overpricing their houses. They're They're listening to their real estate agents they're pricing the properties right and they're putting that money into other properties but i i I was reading some some stuff about the shore and since covid 
there seems to be a lot more interest in the people buying these second homes at the shore and and it seems like they're they're coming down fully prepared like uh totally pre-approved ready to go like uh i i had read from some agents down there you know if you put something up it could literally be gone in a weekend that's actually true. So we're seeing a lot of properties come off the market. And the last time we saw a big, giant boom like this was, I hate to say, it was during 9-11. Nobody wanted to you know, travel after that. They wanted to stay close. So they were buying shore properties. They were buying properties on the mainland. They were keeping it close to home. And right. even though it's not as great as that, but COVID put a scare into people. And people were wanted to invest their money close to home again, but go to the shore areas. And they were looking anywhere from Atlantic City all the way down to Cape May. And they're looking for the forever house. They're, even though they are looking for sometimes investments, but they want that forever house. They want that secondary vacation house. They want to enjoy it. And they're taking advantage of the very low interest rates. And it's a win-win for the sellers and the buyers. Um, because they're taking advantage of low interest rates, they're getting good mortgage payments, and they're getting a solid house. They're getting people doing the right upgrades. I, I read actually that Cape May was ranked ranked one of the fastest growing markets for luxury properties in the country on like a beach. 100%. They're also known for their bed and breakfasts, and a lot of people go down for their weddings. Uh, it's a great area. You, a lot of people like to take pictures down here on the beach. It's always been a, a great area, and Cape May is pretty large. It's divided up into different areas, North Cape May and, and areas like that. But, um, yes, that's that's probably one of the top shore areas. Yeah, and, and you've got a lot less travel abroad because of this virus. So, you know, the, that million, $2 million buyers from New York and stuff, they're taking a look at Cape May. And yeah, they, they are. They're, they're, they were saying that it, Cape May is just, like, booming. It just has so much to offer being all year round compared to some of the other cities like your, you know, your Wildwood, your CIO and stuff like that. They close down certain parts, like certain percentages of it. But Cape May, they're always, they're very popular for their Thanksgiving Day time where people come down for the whole weekend, uh, bring the family down. It's just a great time down there. Yeah, so, so is the inventory as tight as it is in the city or... What's so it that's like? the funny thing. We've been watching the inventory, and usually at this time of the year, we've been seeing a slight decrease in you know inventory, but not this year. I mean, especially even with COVID, um, we're. But the the thing that we are seeing a difference in changing is the days on market. These properties, if they're priced right, they don't last too fast. So if you ask a, a normal person who's out there looking at a house, they'll probably say, "Yeah, there's really no inventory out there." The inventory is out there. It's just going under contract fast. You just need to, you know, really be aggressive when something comes up on the market. Yeah. And at the end, I know she's got that all the time, getting everybody totally ready before they even go looking. Yeah, we. I have a settlement tomorrow in um, in Ocean City. There, somebody's buying a second home. They had no intention of buying a second home. It was Saturday night at seven o'clock. They were driving around. Um, honestly, I didn't even know them. They were a referral um, from someone, and they called and said we need to put an offer in, and they told us you can give a pre-approval. And within two hours, I mean, we were able to give a pre-approval. And I think they, they're going to settlement in less than three weeks. But come Sunday when they put their offer in, there was 14 offers that went in on wow. that one property. <laughs> and this was somebody that had no intention of even buying a property down there. Yeah, that's And this is why it's so important to educate your buyer because we actually had to change that because when COVID came about, we were actually, we were tracking our numbers and our agreement of sales were getting denied 
and we were wondering why. So we changed it up a little bit, and we added three things on there. So we weren't focused on the seller's assist as much, but we would break down the clause that the buyer would be responsible for the first two or $3,000 in home inspection repairs. That went over well. We changed our buyer uh, letter to the seller. They always address the letter to the seller stating you know who they are, a little bit about them. But we changed it into a color fire with a couple pictures and a little bit of bio about themselves. But the most important thing is we have a preferred lender reach out to the listing agent and sell themselves and sell our buyers. And the in the next three weeks, we tracked our numbers again. We were at 97% acceptance rate because of one of those three items. Yeah, and Mike, and, that and, then, and making that move, having that lender reach out. Can if we I'm just say it's agent, not a lender? It's actually it's me? It's you. I know. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's but not a newsflash here, guys. <laughs> but that's very important, man. You know, not all agents do that extra little thing. And then having yeah. Deanne make that phone call and and convince tell this listing agent about their buyer how good a shape they are in and you're not going to have any problems that's the little extra edge rather than just turning that deal in and crossing your finger like most agents do now and that color and brochure companies out there that won't call yeah there's some yeah. companies out there that won't call like your wells fargo your bank of america your usaa they won't call the other agent you know they're working on somebody else yeah that's, that's right it's so important to interview that 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 lender and Mark, That's right. I mean, Mike, your um, the brochure that you did. I saw that for one of the clients you did, and that was just, it was, it was amazing. It makes you want to sell your home to this family. It was just, it was great. And when I reach out to the to the listing agent, I'm also telling them that we we hit the marks, we hit the commitment date, we hit the settlement date. COVID or no COVID, you know, we're hitting those marks, and that's important too. How? Let me ask you, Mike. How is it with the townships? down the shore with like uh, clearing liens and Howard A down there? It's great. So on the township end of it, where it comes with a CO, again, it goes by communication. As long as the agent is not trying to start a war, the seller's not trying to start a war with the township, the township wants to work with you. They don't want to be on the phone with you. They want the property to pass. Just listen to your township. Uh, if you're going for a CO, have your agent go online. It's real easy. Get the requirements, send that over to the seller so this way they pass the first time. Really, really easy. But the other thing that nobody seems to do on a title end of it when they're trying to clear liens and stuff like that, reach out to the title companies. Carbon copy everybody and see if they need anything, any help. And it's all about communication now. Yeah, that's key. Without that a doubt. Key. So, inventory... There's actually some houses for sale, but you need to be prepared, ready to go, and you should be all right. And and what about prices? Are are they in line? Are they are they shooting for the moon? How are they? They're not high as some areas like Philadelphia and Jersey, where they're you know just you know trying to hit the lottery. Um, the, the clients down in, in South Jersey, in, um, the, in the Shore area, they're listening to our agents. The agents are ex experts in their area. They trust them. They want to move on. They're not looking to, you know, basically, hey, I want 30000 over. There are some properties that are going higher, but the, let's just put it this way. The market is strong. It's strong and it's healthy, and they're coming off the market fast. And I think you're going to be busy right through Christmas. Yep, we will. I agree. Absolutely, without a doubt. That was a good segment, Mike. Mike, do me a favor. Thank you. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, you and your team. 
uh, Mike Fitzpatrick team. We're a team of uh, six full-time agents. We have two full-time admin. Uh, you can reach us at 267-549-2505. Is there a I website? Got a... Go ahead. Uh, yes, the MikeFitzpatrickHomes.com. I got a bunch of students graduating, Mike. They just about ninety hey, of them. Send them over because I have employment <laughs> for them. Because I have a coaching business, and we have we are in need of buyer agents, especially bilingual. And you know what? And I tell a lot of the newbies, they they would be really smart to start out on a team. You know, that would add, yeah, yeah, because they have the we'll systems are in place and they learn right. That was yeah. a good segment. Thank you, Michael. Thank you very much for having me on. All right, very good. All right, so with that, you're listening. What's coming up next, Ian? Coming up next is our topic of the day, Mark. <laughs> really? <laughs> Which All is right, property what, taxes. What is that topic? Property taxes and appealing your assessment. There you go. Nailed back it. In, back in the game. Nailed it. All right, so with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210. WPHT, all positive all the time. Thank you, Mike Fitzpatrick. We'll be right back. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at MortgageMom.net. Welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive, all the time. That was a great segment with uh, Mike Fitzpatrick. So where are we at, Deanne? It was a good topic um, and a good segment as well. So we're at, we're at our topic of the day, and the topic of the day is property taxes and appealing your assessment. Yeah, we haven't talked about this for a long time, and I remember a couple of years ago, we brought it in an appraiser and we talked about this, and a lot of people never think about this. They get their, they get reassessed, like uh, our fabulous mayor here in Philly. I think I got reassessed three times in the last five years, <laughs> and, but, and they just like take it, you know, because they're busy. They're, they got a life. They're working. They got kids, and now they're teaching their kids besides everything else, and they just, the new tax bill comes. And they, they don't do anything about it. You can appeal it. Like right now, I heard there's over 120,000 pending appeals on real estate taxes in Philadelphia. But a lot of people don't know what to do. So if you're out in the suburbs and our show goes from the shore to the Poconos, you're in some township that reassessed you, you can appeal it if you think that your value hasn't gone up to what they think your value has gone up to. And we had an appraiser on a couple years ago, and he used to do it a lot. And it wasn't that complicated of a process. There was a form you got from the local municipality. You filled out the form. The appraiser took a look at the property, and then they submitted this thing to the township. And they, there's a worksheet. You make sure there's no errors. You check with the local assessor regarding your taxable value. Uh, sometimes there's an inspection involved, but a lot of times, which was surprising, most of the time that appraiser won and they won and had that assessment reversed because they, they, they kind of did a blanket. Like I remember when this Philadelphia first did uh, AVI, was it called? Remember when they did the yeah, tax thing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They went from, we went from millage to AVI. And so I was thinking, I'm up in Fox Chase, right? And at the time, back then, there was people in, in Fishtown paying $400 a year real estate taxes because 
They never changed all those years because the council people used to fight to keep the assessors out of the neighborhoods. I remember uh, uh, Tyoon and some of the guys in council back in the day, those taxes never really changed. And now all of a sudden you had a, a $400,000 house in Fishtown and their taxes were 400 bucks. So I figured when they went to AVI, my taxes, I was paying like 3000 3, or something at that time. I figured my taxes are going to go down, but mine went up 400 bucks. So the whole point of this whole thing is you can, if you think you were reassessed and too high and you don't think the value's there, you can appeal. In some of the smaller townships, it's even easier because they're not dealing with as many properties as like Philadelphia with six hundred over 600,000 houses. But you, you can hire, an, uh, you can talk to an appraiser and then appeal this assessment and it's like car insurance like somebody told me a long time ago you should change your car insurance company almost every year because every time you change whoever you change to will give you a lower price just because you asked because if you don't ask what the answer is no correct and what happens is like some people just pay that car insurance for years and years and years with the same company just because out of habit, where it comes right out of their account. Like my mom was with with State Farm from like 1952 oh until God. she died and never had an accident. I mean, they should they should have used her as a commercial and gave her money. <laughs> exactly. But, but anyway, like it's it's some similar situation like that. Oh, I got reassessed. They read the reassessment letter and then they don't do anything about it. You can appeal, and if you think your taxes are out of line. Do something about it. Hire somebody. Talk to a real estate agent. Call Mike Fitzpatrick. They'll give you advice. So Great I had to cut advice. that a little short, but it's something that you know people don't think about. That's right. You know. That's right. Thank so. you, Mr. Cumberland. All right. So where are we at the end? So, Mark, we are up to our segment with asking Dr. A, and today his topic is why teams work. Welcome, oh. Dr. A. Very good. Dr. A, how, how are, are you? you? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Good. And we just had a, a team leader on our guest segment, Mike Fitzpatrick from Keller Williams, I used to work with. And uh, tell us why teams work. Well, we, I believe we talked about that last time. Um, and I gave uh, six different reasons why they work. All right. Um, I believe what we're going to do this time is uh, to talk about uh, what is the leader's role in creating high-performance teams. All right. Tell me about that. So, well, uh, I actually have over a dozen different things that, that effective leaders do. Uh, one of them is uh, they know their own personal limits and boundaries, and they don't abuse their power. What happens a lot of times is a lot of leaders, uh, what they do is really not leaders. What they do is they blame other people when things go wrong, and they take the credit when things go right. What effective leaders do is they know what their strengths and limitations are and what they do is they blend their strengths and then they minimize their weaknesses their limitations by getting other people to do the things that they're not good at themselves that's right and i had we talked about that last week and i told you i was having a teacher's meeting coming up and i had a teacher's meeting and i went into it just the way we talked about I had a couple little things I put out, and I said, what do you guys think? And I got a bunch of great ideas, and the meeting went good. 
And that's leadership. Banging people over the head is not leadership. No, you'll find that your, your best leaders frequently ask a lot more questions than they give answers. Right. And what that does is that, ins- that, that instills this, this idea and confidence that, that, that they care about their people and they respect their, their abilities and their knowledge base. Uh, and they want to use that, number one. And number two, uh, what really good leaders do with that information is they put it all together. They look at what their own personal values are and they create a vision from that. It's easy to lead people where they want to go somewhere. Uh, it's very difficult to lead people when they don't want to go there. And, Especially, and what most effective leaders do is, again, they, they figure out where they want to take the group, and they see where that's in commonality with, with the group itself. That's right, because if, uh, if you're telling, if you have a bunch of S's and C's on your team, they want to know why. The, the big thing's why. So if you can... Uh, uh, visualize you can verbalize the vision of where we're headed and they're on board they're with you and they're going to help you get there absolutely let me give you a little uh i wasn't planning on doing this so let me give you a little tip on how to deal with this vision for what you need to do as a leader is you need to create a vision such as we want to have a high performance goal and a high performance organization right how can we do that that's where the question comes in and then what happens is you utilize the suggestions and ideas from other people to actually use that to paint a picture because what you want to have is you want to have a portrait that when people look at it it creates the culture that you want that's right okay and and that can be created in a lot of different ways for example some organizations they want things to be somewhat calming so for some people water is calming for some people having a tree with a lot of you know grass underneath it is calming for other people where you might have some deer in the background that's calming so the calming aspect can be pictured in different ways and what you want to do is you want to galvanize the people in your team okay to help create that vision bottom line is the other bottom line is is as a leader you have to buy into it yourself and you want people to buy into what your vision is but it doesn't just have to be your vision and then you try and persuade or negotiate people to go along with what you want Dr. A, we're going to have to stop there. I want to continue this next week and and keep going through about the leader and everything else. That was great, Dr. A. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dan. So tell us how to get a hold of you. It's real easy. Abelson, A-B-E-L-S-O-N, at A-B-E-L-S-O-N.net, or just go to the website, www.abelson.net. Very good. All right, doctor. We'll talk to you next week. And if you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net or give them a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at Deanne Katsaris at Comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153. Special thanks to all of our listeners and sponsors for keeping us on the air and Mike Fitzpatrick from Keller Williams for doing a great job today. And with that... Have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All, all positive, all the time. the time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.
When we make a profit, you see it. Better rates, fewer fees, and we give back to the community. All the things that you want from a financial institution. Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. 